All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Texas Outdoors podcast. As always, uh, like and sh- like and follow on Instagram and Facebook. We up we do updates on the show over there. Uh, share, tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends. Uh, just trying to get the name out there. And this week we have episode or part two of our last episode with Jeff Glendy of Redline Tracking. And it's it was quite a fun time. Uh man, he's he's got a lot of stories. He's he's seen a lot of stuff. Uh pretty entertaining. So hope y'all enjoy. And here is part two. So let's talk about okay, Joe Blow shoots a deer. Bow or rifle doesn't matter. Okay, he goes down, he finds blood. All right, you begin the trailing process. You know, most people, they say with a heart shot, you know, 45 minutes. If you're pretty confident in your shot, 45 minutes, you know, lung is something similar to that. Gut, wait a few hours. You know, the deer is going to die 100%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, give him time to go somewhere and expire. Yep. Don't bump him because you bump him, adrenaline's going to rush. The deer's going to run for God knows how long. Yes. This deer, that deer that I shot ran 80 yards with no heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was literally, the heart was just nothing it was mash and he still ran that far yep you know at what point do you or would you tell people for people listening to may or may not know what point would you say okay you know the blood's getting thin now it's time to let's not let's not muddy up the track no more than what we've already done let's let's pull out and let's not hit the springs on the microphone stand let's pull (laughs) out and let's get the dog you know so i mean for me if if you have you ever shot a deer yourself in heart or lungs that traveled more than 200 yards? No. 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 If you've not found this deer, in, in all honesty, if you've not found this deer inside of 100 yards, you need to start paying attention. You need to start thinking about it. Absolutely, please do not call in for a grid search party. That is like, if you ever thought to use a dog, if like that's something that's going to be in your uh, bag of tricks there, don't grid search, please. It's not impossible for the dog to go behind, but it makes it you just it, taking a problem and made it an iffy. It, it's your probability went down, and it's going to take forever to get this lined out if you can get it lined out. Um, I definitely say anything, anything past 200 yards, you definitely, <coughs> uh, you definitely need to get out of there. And, and, and it's been my experience, and I don't care where you hit the deer. I don't care if you shot him in the foot, if you hit him in the ass, if you gut shot him, even a back whack that's gotten up and, and took off. It, in southeast Texas, it is so thick down here. The brush cover. Those deer, they don't have to go far. Like they, As soon as they get to some thick cover. And they, they can think, bed up. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> they think that they're safe. You can't see them. They'll bed up. So just about anything they will be bedded inside of 250 yards. If you walk down to that, if you walk to that hit site and, <coughs> and you're like, oh man, this is, there's paunch, just grass or gut intestine material in on the ground. If you walk down there and you were quiet about it and you just, just leave, you won't, you won't have to, uh, you won't have to drag your deer very far if you'll just listen to me. Yeah. But, 
more chances than not, that's not the case. And the moment you bump that deer, he's going to be – what I have found down here is they'll be inside of 250 yards. You're going to go and you're going to bump this deer. His next stopping point is going to be roughly 800 to 1,000. I don't know if you've ever drove, drove a deer for 1,000 yards. And you didn't, you, you really don't want to throw a gut shot deer over your back. That is nasty. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, it is tough. I can tell you there ain't very many people going to drag a deer a thousand yards. <laughs> you're going to just, you're going to, hey, you know, hey. going to call it quits. You're looking for a road. You're looking for something. I'm telling you, uh, that poor guy the other night, that, <clears throat> that, I think the closest road we had was like 150 yards. That deer weighed 197 pounds. Jeez. I was like, I said, hey, uh, I said, I'll light the way. Follow me. <laughs> brother he hey he was a much better shape than i was because he did it with no complaints and i mean that deer was for for where we're at that is a huge deer yeah, I mean, he, a, he was a big deer yeah he was old and i was like my God, i knew he was big yeah he kept asking me he was like how much do you think he weighs i was like i, I really don't know I said, he's at least 185 pounds i really didn't I didn't have him pegged for 200, but he was being speed. Yeah, wait, wait till he got finished dragging. I'm like, how much do you think he weighs now? <laughs> a ton. <laughs> hey, hey I, I think I think the farthest I've ever actually been and caught a deer was like 4.45 miles. Yeah. I, I am not. I am not interested. Now, I, matter of fact, at that point, I don't know if there is enough money you could pay me to help you pull, <laughs> pull a deer for that far. I'm like, go get a skitter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we know something's yeah. got to change. We, we, something got to give here. Yeah. We call somebody with a truck. So oh, yeah. we got to get. We got to. Got to be some way to get in here. Yeah, you know, yeah. When people call, it's like a. Uh, it's bad as it sounds. It's like an interrogation. Because I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the same question, and I'm going to ask it probably three different kinds of ways to see if you'll tell me something different maybe and it's not that i'm think it's not that you're a habitual liar being deceitful no but it's just trying to process you're trying to weed out the fluff yes and get the bare bones of the story it doesn't <laughs> matter like you say it doesn't matter to you where you shot the deer we got to recover the animal yeah so so when people you have to think of a a, a deer tracker as 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 kind of like your doctor i'm not here to judge like i already know that this is a less you know it's it's probably a marginal shot if you're calling me that means that you weren't able to recover your deer in a, in a fairly short amount of time. So I've already, I already know that this is a, a marginal shot. This is, I see this at, in, or get phone calls of this every day during deer season, or maybe not every day. We get a bunch. Um, I would probably get phone calls, multiple phone calls every day for probably about the first three weeks of the season if more people knew about the use of deer trailing dogs. That's still, that's kind of one of the, the big issues over here in Southeast Texas. <clears throat> still fairly new, but I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I don't care how big your deer is. I don't care uh, if it's a doe. I don't care if it's a buck. I don't care, you know, what it is. If you call me, <coughs> the best, the best opportunity that you have for us to make a recovery is honesty. Because, I, there was a guy touched on this here the other day. He said, you know, he said, people are starting to key in that if you mention gut or liver shot, hey, I'm loading dogs up. We're coming to get a deer. And people are starting to, to kind of fib a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, it looks like gut, you know, just to get you out there because they're afraid that you might tell them no if you if they told you 
uh, it's like a high shoulder shot with a bow or something. Right. That's probably less probability of a recovery. So I think honesty is the, is the biggest, biggest thing right now. Um, everybody wants to believe that, you know, they're double lunged or a heart shot, but we all know that if that was the case, you wouldn't be calling. So the, the difference is, is if you're honest with me, um, what you think actually happened or what you've seen uh, with the sign that you have, the difference in you getting your deer back could very well be the difference in my reaction to what you've told me. Because if you tell me to come too soon on a gut shot deer that you own 40 acres to, you know, we're, we're not catching that deer. He's, he's on to the neighbor's place. But had you been honest and said, hey, man, I think this deer's gut shot, I'm going to say, hey, all right, eight hours from now, let's go try Yeah, let's, let's go look at him first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then you can get your deer. <clears throat> but it's, you know, I get it. People get antsy. They're, they're not, they're, they're not very patient. You know, they're excited. I get all aspects of it. So let's move, let's move towards firearms now. And I know you got, like I said earlier, you got a bigger sample size with, you know, rifle season and everything like that. Right. So now let's go, let's break down, you know, obviously shot placement is not as critical as it is with a bow as it is with a rifle. You know, anything going 3000 feet per second with, you know, that much kinetic energy, the, the shock effect. I mean, you got, you got a whole host of variables at your yes. disposal. Yes. More so than you do with a bow and arrow. Yes. It's uh, quite a bit more damage. Uh, you know, we, the, the one constant between bows and uh, guns that hasn't really changed much is the backstrap hit. You know, the high shots. Um, and I say that because I try to tell everybody, any deer worth shooting once is worth shooting twice. If you hit one and that sucker just freezes up, just drops like a sack of rocks, get another round in your gun Keep the gun on him, and if that son of a gun goes to kicking around, put another hole in him. Because if if, you, if you've ever seen it, they'll get up and start trying to crawl off on their front legs, and and they get off into the wood line, and they're never to be seen again. And the, you, there's hardly any blood, and it, if there is any blood, it's no more than about 150 yards, and then it's just gone. And I see it so <coughs> many times every year. Put another round in that deer. Because when he gets his shit together and he gets his feet up underneath him, he is about to leave the country. The good thing is, if that deer is a regular deer that you've been watching and he stays in this area and he's been coming in and out of there for the last two or three years or whatever, you're going to see him again. It might be two days. It might be two weeks. It might be two months. I guarantee you, he's going to be back. I've chased deer for miles just to get them back on camera the very next night. I mean, it's, it's amazing what they can endure. But you say that, I, I have a, a Neil guy story that I'll touch on real lightly. Uh, we went to South Texas two years ago, uh, hunting Neil guy. And I brought my buddy's 300 PRC, my buddy Byron, because he got mad when I didn't shout him out a couple episodes ago with his 762-yard elk shot. So my buddy Byron Fisher, for everybody listening, he has a very nice 300 PRC, uh, and uh, he let me take it to South Texas. And we're riding around with this outfitter. found some new guy on a property that we had access to, and uh, there was four bulls, me and my buddy Justin DeVere. We were there. Well, he hits. I don't know if you've ever been around Neil Guy or hunted Neil Guy or, 
It's a horse. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 a and he is literally nimble as a horse. Like that that animal, you don't think about like okay, you see how big they are and you appreciate them for their size. You don't appreciate their agility and their ability because I'm telling you right now, when you hit a new guy with a spotlight, that son of a bitch would give the Kentucky Derby winner a run for his money. I mean, they. <laughs> Flat ass, leave the county. <laughs> so we we have these four bulls, and he spots them with a thermal. He said, "Hey, I got four bulls right there. You know, y'all get ready. You know, we'll hit them with the spotlight. Whoever gets the best shot opportunity, whichever one, just you know, y'all take it." Okay, so we pull into the deal, pull in the farm right there, and these Neil got ninety yards right there. They were behind these big concrete pipes, <clears throat> drain pipes. So he hits them with the light. Well, Justin's on him. He's following him, and he gets you know. Behind that drain pipe. Well, Justin can't shoot him now because he's behind the pipe. So I get on him. Gosh, damn these springs. I get on him. I shoot. The the Neil guy cuts a complete 360 somersault in midair. I mean, complete. Wham! Smack hits the ground. I was like, holy fuck, that was the best shot I've ever made in my life. Like, that shit was sick. I wish I had a video. That nobody's going to believe this shit. So I asked, and I've read a bunch of horror stories online before we went down there, and I asked the guy, I said, you want me to shoot him again? He said, no, nah, it's a dead bull. I said, are you sure? I said, because I've read so many horror stories about people who shoot Neil Guy, and they think they're dead, and then it turns out they're not dead, and they leave. He's like, I've been doing this for 24 years. I'm telling you right now, it's a dead bull. He didn't kick. He didn't flinch. He didn't do nothing. When he flipped, he just tumbled, blah, blah, laid out. He said, my house is five minutes down the road. We're going to go back to my house. We're going to grab my little boy trailer. We're going to come back and get him. I said, okay. So we go down there, get him, or get the trailer, come back. No Neil guy. He gone. <laughs> gone. Yeah. And and their their hide is like like polymer. It's like it's like stretches. Yeah. And I mean, it's very little blood. I mean, their their hide expands and can contract, you know, it can pretty much close a hole. So everybody says high shoulder shot on a Neil guy because the shock wave will break their spine and drop them. You know. That's that's what you know, and I'm like, ah, man, that's kind of suspect, you know. But everybody says high shoulder shot's your best chance for a kill. Plus, their vitals are located a little bit higher than what it would be on a whitetail too. You're like you got a better chance of hitting the lungs and breaking the back, you know, or shoot them in the white patch in their throat. Well, obviously, when that animal's running thirty something miles an hour, the white patch in the throat's not really an option. No. So I opted for the shoulder shot. Should have hit him with a double tap. Well, I should have hit him with a double tap. For those at home, if you go hunt Neil Guy, shoot them twice. I don't care if they're dead, shoot them again. But hey, you know what they say, fool me once. Yeah, shame on me. But it, the, the next one did not fool me. But she also was standing still and got the white patch to the throat with the 300 pure. See, and I don't even like that shot. I've, I've heard a lot of people, and, and that's that's another shot that I will highly suggest people to stay away from, is any facing, you know, forward-facing shots. It's just, uh, hey, I this is long before I ever started trailing deer. My dad, uh, I had a lease and he, he wasn't on a lease at that time. And I'd already killed a buck and I had several other deer coming in. And I remember it was like either a few days, I think it was a few days after Christmas and the temperatures were going to get down in the twenties. And I had, I had another nice buck that had been showing up and, uh, we were an MLD at least at that time. So we could still, we could kill whatever. And, I, I said, hey, I said, you want to go up to the lease and, and go shoot a deer? And he was like, yeah. I said, all right, cool. We'll go in the morning. It's, it's going to be cold. So we get in this stand, and I'm basically sitting on a milk crate in the floor. I can't even see out of the windows. And I only have one chair in there, and he's sitting in his chair or my chair. And uh, I kind of took a nap, and 
he he woke me up. It's like eight eight thirty, and he's like, "Hey, there's a deer, and it's right behind us, you know." And he's he's pointing behind us, and I was like, I kind of get up just a little bit and just look over my shoulder, and all I can see is a deer standing there. And I was like, I don't. I was like, if you want to shoot it, shoot it. I don't care. So I sat down like a kid on the floor and plugged my ears, and he's got his old thirty thirty. He gets around. He's taking a rest off the back of the chair, and he boom. He said, man, look at the horns on that thing. I said, horns? I said, I didn't even, who said anything about horns? I'm looking down there, and there's this deer laying there just bellering. Just, uh, he's picking his head up. All you can see is blood and horns. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was, I was kind of pumped at this point. And uh, so we we go down there, and, I mean, he has got a massive pool of blood around his head. And, and even today's standard, my standards of a lot of blood, it, it was a lot of blood. And uh, I was like, where did you hit him? He's like, right in the neck. Well, I didn't know back then. And I was like, all we had was this, I had my 270 and he had his 3030. And we were like, I don't want to make a big mess of this thing. I was like, look, so we got to run back up to the house, just up the road, get the four-wheeler, come back down here to go get him anyway. I said, by the time we get back, He'll be, you know, he'll be expired. <clears throat> so we we do so, and uh, I, I think I grabbed my twenty two or something when we went to go back in there, and we pull up to the shooting lane. I look down there, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's dead. As soon as we pull out on the shooting lane, he picks his head back up. And I was like, oh my god. So this this has been like an hour and a half. We give him some time, you know. And I was like, this guy does not want to go down. So you know, I, I put him down with the twenty two, so we didn't make a mess of the meat and everything. And I was like, where exactly did you hit this deer? And this this guy has got, I mean, absolutely, he's got a rabbit's foot in his back pocket somewhere or something. Because he shot this deer right, he was facing us with his head up. He shot him right through the neck, but he hit him kind of to the side, and it just went through meat. It didn't hit anything vital whatsoever. I get to combing this deer over, and there's a patch of hair about an inch or two long. That bullet had went through that deer's neck and ricocheted off the top of his spine just ricocheted didn't even go in and it paralyzed him that's all it did all that blood that was just from him leaking out of that neck wound that he had i was like jeez i was like you have got to be the luckiest person i've ever met I was like, god bless but uh neck shots hey I've, I've, I've done many of them and if they're hit right they're very effective i think uh i think there's a lot of or we'll just say a lack of people that that really know deer anatomy and the actual placement of the spine and how far down it actually goes uh, before it gets into that shoulder range. There's a lot of space in there that if you do not hit that spine, you might knock them down, you might knock them out, and they're liable to get back up and leave the country. But if you call me and you say, hey, man, I neck shot a deer – and I can't, I can't find him. Uh, I can't either. The, <laughs> the chances are low that I can. You know, it's it's if he ain't dead right there, man, that's tough. I think the I think the biggest misconception when people think of a neck shot, the closer to the head, the better. <clears throat> as far as you know, aim small, miss small is what I think of. You know, it's either you know where the where the head meets the neck. You know, that's such a small area that. If you can make contact there, there's a good, very good chance that you're because I mean, you think about a deer spine is probably what an inch and a half or so, inch in diameter, something like that. You know, so you 
If you're close, yeah. you know, if you're close at that point, much better than, like you said, like towards the shoulder because, okay, now the neck's done got this big and the spine's somewhere about three-quarters of the way in there. So now you've got four to five inches on the bottom and three yeah. inches on the top, you know, there's, but you're you're in no man's land right there. There's people, man, I, I, I don't really – it's tough to say one way or the other. You don't know if you don't know your gun well. Uh, maybe temperature could have uh, can affect your 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 barrel, your stock. Uh, you know any of these. There's so many variables. Right, but, man. The people that call with that, trying to shoot one in the neck up high, and or maybe maybe you try to uh, head shoot like a doe, and you get down there and you find teeth. You know, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We we can't catch that deer most of the time, and that is an awful way yeah, for a deer to die because they, they just basically just starve to death. Um, that's that's, man. I'm telling you, my, what I teach my kids now, nothing supplants a vital hit. Yeah, I, I'm stay away from the shoulder, stay <clears throat> behind the shoulder because you, you're going to do one of two things. You, you hit low, you're going to hit a heart, possibly, you know, potentially. Otherwise, you're going to hit lungs or guts. Yep. Both of those, all three of those, 100% dead animals. Luckily for my kids, their dad has dogs. Yep. <laughs> Even if he got shot, well, it ain't no big deal. We're going to find him. Mine are in a box every <clears throat> single time we leave the house to go to the deer woods. So I'm like, we're going to find that animal. And I suggest that for anybody. Um, uh, another extremely, it's probably one of the most lethal shots I've seen yet. I uh, had a guy call me uh, last year. Matter of fact, I think it's the deer that's on my profile picture. Uh, Mr. Jamie, he was a super cool guy, real funny guy. They were hunting on um, what used to be uh, a Scrapping Valley lease, which is it's a high fence lease, plenty of holes in that fence, but these are all native deer, and they grow some monsters in there. Anyhow, Sunday evening, he had a, he had a real nice eight-point. Um, he was – in a tree stand with a crossbow and deer was a hard quarter and away. And that, uh, <clears throat> what do you want to call your, your strike zone there? It is greatly reduced whenever they're quartering and he pulled the shot and he knew he said, man, I shot that deer right in the ass. Cool. They didn't call me until probably 11 o'clock the next day. Uh, he knew it was a bad shot. He didn't even go down there. He went back to camp. He didn't tell nobody. He got up the next morning, which was Monday morning. Everybody else had pretty much left out except for one other guy. And uh, the other guy that was with him, he was like, hey, what you got going on? And he was like, well, I kind of shot a deer yesterday evening. He said, and I know it was bad, so I'm going to go down there today and go take a look around. So, which is great. That's what you should do. Especially, as long as weather permits, I mean, yeah, and that's a, yes. always a viable option. Exactly. Now, he goes down there, and they found there's a pretty big pool of blood. And you can tell – He's in an artery of sorts. I mean, it's a big pool. But that was it. Nothing after that. And they, they, they knew they were in trouble. They looked around there, you know, didn't go too far. And they called me. I said, I was out. I was actually tracking a deer when they called me. So as soon as I finished this, I said, you're about an hour north of me. And I said, I'll drive up there and I'll come knock this out. <clears throat> so, man, I, I want to say it had been 20, 20 plus hours by the time I got to him. I put the dog on it and... Uh, you could see a definite trail and deer lazy. They're, they're like people, path of least resistance, you know. And I, I'm just assuming, just looking, this deer's headed in this direction. And they were walking ahead of me, so I kind of thought that maybe they had something up there that they had seen. And anyway, the dog, she was 
kind of looped out to my right and come back up and there was a big tree over the road there and uh, we went to go over it and she was she is kind of looking around prancing around at me like kind of happy faced and i'm like what are you doing go find it like why, why is your nose not on the ground and you're working <laughs> and uh, she did she acted like she didn't want to hunt at all and i thought i said hold on a minute i said i'll be right back so i went took that little loop that she made she went straight to him there he is i mean he didn't go 100 yards and <clears throat> sure enough he the bolt was still in him and it, it just plugged the hole off but that broadhead had cut that uh what do you call femoral. it? Yeah, the femoral artery right there. And he bled out internally and he was dead in less than 100 yards. I mean, stone cold dead. I was like, I cannot believe this. But very, very low chance. I've seen plenty of rifle shots in the in the ass end, uh, break a back leg. If you got to break a leg, that's the one to break. It That takes a big motor out of it. Big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We They're still fast. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> they're not nearly as fast as, as a, a deer with, you know, just one front leg. Um, Rifle season, we get we get a lot of those. Those deer, um, you know, we for <coughs> the people that are when I say uneducated, I don't mean stupid. Uh, I just mean they less not, familiar. Yeah, less familiar. Um, they they talk about the the running dogs off lead and baying these these leg shot deer. And they're like, oh, that deer will live. Yeah, well, he he may, but I can tell you right now, I have you know one or two dogs. You can only run. That's the state law is no more than two dogs uh, at a time. If my one dog or even two can get to your deer and get him stopped and get him bayed, what what are the, what is the likelihood of a pack of coyotes of you know four or five or six? What what do you think is going to happen then? Exactly. You should make every single uh, effort to recover your animal. If you if you've injured it in any kind of way, if you've altered his life, you, you should make your make a valiant effort to get him. So let's let's touch on that. Let's touch base on the legality aspect. So I know a lot of people may not be familiar with dogs, and you kind of hinted on it at the beginning of the podcast. But let's retouch on, you know, what are the legalities of of running a a, a tracking dog, dispatching wounded game? Because I know I think. Can't you dispatch a bow wounded deer? Yes. Yeah, a wounded yeah. deer with a bow, you can dispatch it with a gun. Yeah. So the the way the laws are read, <clears throat> and in the story that I was told, uh, Roy Hines is the one that had a lot to do with the way these laws are wrote. Uh, he's been doing this for a long time, and I think it was back before it was like nailed down specifically. The story I was told was. He had went in, trailed a deer that was bow shot at night, and he dispatched it with a gun. And everything was fine then. Everybody, all parties were happy. And I think maybe the story got online or got told and got hashed out. And the next thing you know is game wardens were there and, you know, obviously writing tickets, this, that, and the other. And so it went to, uh, you know, went to the court system, I guess. And, and from what I understood, they said, Roy was like, hey, if this is the, this is the case, you know, I'll just quit doing it. And I think, some people at that point in time, they were like, hey, you know, this needs to be hashed out. And they, they kind of. Yeah. How many deer are we going to lose to not trailing as opposed to somebody, you know, yeah. dispatching one? And I believe uh, Roy is the one that kind of helped, <coughs> uh, you know, get some of this stuff in place that we have. But the way it's written now, two dogs, and this is in the areas that you can run off lead. And, and also on lead, it doesn't matter. You can have two dogs in their own lead. Don't have a third. 
but on game animals. So it doesn't doesn't matter for an exotic for you know axes and black buck and all that kind of stuff. I can run a pack of deer hounds if that's what I want to do. Um, especially in you know like a high fence place. But two dogs max. If you're running off lead, it doesn't matter if it's bow season, black powder season, youth weekend. It does not matter. Once you've you as the hunter have shot that animal and he's wounded, the hunt is considered over. We are now in what we call the recovery effort. So you call in a guy with a dog. No one, I, I do not, absolutely do not allow anyone else to carry a, a gun when we go. I'm the only person that carries. No one else is going to shoot over my dog. So that's for my safety, your safety, and my dog's safety. That's just the way it is. I can go in at night with a gun. I, I can do it with a 22 long rifle if that's what I want to do. It doesn't matter as long as we can ethically dispatch this animal and put him out of his misery. Now, this is still your deer, and that is your tag. Because um, I know that's going to be a debate at some point in time or another when I'm in the woods. And, and so I make that very clear before I even come. If you're not okay with me you know, dispatching your deer, I'm, I'm not coming. I'm sorry, you're not shooting over my dogs. It's not happening. Uh, I mean, I'm here because you made a bad shot. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know how well of a shot you are, but I know I'm here because there's a bad shot on an animal. So you're not shooting around my dogs. Um, but as far as as you know, East Texas, uh, it's Newton, Jasper, Sabine, and Saint Augustine. Those are the only four counties left in the entire state of Texas that it's on lead only. And like I said, we, we touched on that. It's it's due to the outlawing of deer hound hunting and uh, spoke to uh, one of the, the local uh, game wardens there in Newton County. And, and I think this was back in uh, March of last year. <laughs> and it was, it was sometime, it was just before, I, I don't remember, it was just before I'd kind of known that this was getting ready to get legalized finally. Uh, and he and I were talking about it. And, and he said, uh, he said, you know, he said up until about just a few months ago, he said, I would have told you, I, I think that hound hunting is, uh, is pretty much done for in, in East Texas. He said, but lo and behold, he said, I, I called a big group of them, two or three generations of family members, you know, and they said, they was the real deal. You know, you know, they had people out on the roads on stands and dropping hounds and it was the whole nine yards and no kidding. And I'm like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's still going on. Um, but it's definitely not nearly as prevalent uh, anymore, but there, there is a fine line that we kind of ride. Uh, people, you'll hear them complain, you know, Oh, you had to go two miles. You know, that don't you feel like you should have just, you know, let that deer live, you know, if he can get two miles away. I'm, no, because uh, let's just say, um, Let's say I'm I, I paid to go on one of these guided hunts, or not even me. And I'm like, well, he paid ten thousand dollars for that deer. He's got plenty of money; he can buy another one. Yeah, but his, <coughs> his ten thousand dollars might be the same as my thousand dollars. That's a lot of money to me. Might be a lot of money to him. Doesn't matter. He, if he's if he's drawing blood, that's his deer, you know. So there ought to be every opportunity you can give it to to try and recover. Um, I know there's a lot of people that. If I go find a, a high fence deer, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's pin deer. Well, let me tell you, I don't care if he's raising that pin or if he's raised on, you know, wild piece of property. You put a dog on him, 
he don't care. He's still going to try and fight them dogs right. and, and everything else. It's he don't smell no different to them dogs. They don't know no different. It's still same good work to me. Uh, now, legal legality wise, over in Louisiana, it gets a little it's, uh, it's a little touchy over there. They, they it doesn't. There's so many different rules. If if you're on a WMA, if you're on private property. Uh, <clears throat> certain parishes will allow you to run off lead. There are certain parishes that will allow you to run off lead only during an open dog season of sort, because they can still legally go run deer hounds over there. Then you have uh, some of these WMAs like Fort Polk. You can't even go in there until uh, like you have to be off of that place by 10 PM. Some of those places will allow you to dispatch at night. Some of them won't. It's like, man, it is. I really don't like going over there that much because of that. I'm just because like, all the red tape. Oh, man, it's everywhere. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, it's so much easier in Texas. Like, I don't have to ask any questions. Like, I know what the job is. Uh, by any means necessary uh, or humanely, dispatch that animal. That's it. And that's the way it should be. Um, now, what is your uh, your arm of choice for dispatching? So, uh, I get that question a bunch. Um, <clears throat> when I first started, I didn't, I didn't even know that it was a possibility I was going to be getting live deer. <laughs> a nine millimeter pistol is not the choice. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I started talking trying to educate myself and, and, um, seemed to be a pretty vast majority of them. They, they're all using a, a 357 or a 44 Magnum. One, it's, it's, um, like my 357, I shoot uh, light 125 grain, uh, uh, what do you call it? Self defense rounds. I shoot those, I think they're Hornady critical defense rounds. Okay. I do that because it's safe for the dogs. You shoot them out of a pistol? You got a carbine? No, I've got a, a short carbine. It's a 16 inch uh, lever gun. Perfect. Safe, easy to use, is light. I can carry a lot of bullets. Well, a good thing about a pistol round too is that you don't have to worry about collateral damage downrange. You know that is that is the ticket. So the safety of my dogs is absolutely the first and foremost thing. So if you've got a live deer and you're banging it, your dogs are all over the place, especially if you got two of them. I want to make sure that if something happens, I didn't see that dog coming out of the dark. You know, because I've got a headlight on trying to shoot this thing. Anything can happen. When I shoot that deer, that bullet's not going to pass through and hit one of my dogs on the backside. Right. Uh, right. You know, it's it's going to expand. and Yes, yes, yeah. And I, I've got some pictures. I've, I've dug a bunch of them out that, are, you know, they still find the polymer tip in the, in the inside of them. The only thing that I'm, I'm ever really concerned with, because I've seen it happen on numerous deer, uh, is a bullet fragging. Yeah. Uh, I think they had a guy at a training event that uh, they had – they were simulating shooting a deer and they had a dog standing within like 20 yards of what they were shooting and the bullet frag hit the dog and ended up killing him. And I'm, that's one of those things that's always in the back of my mind. Like anything, you just never know something, anything can be possible. Um, I went to the, the 44 Magnum and I was kind of, I was kind of nervous about using it around the dogs on these deer around <laughs> just because they're not, uh, our deer typically aren't, real real robust if you will and i was afraid it was gonna you know kind of do a blow through um, but i've had really good luck with it it's great especially for like axis or quite a bit bigger especially the big axis bucks man that that gun yeah, four four mag does it to them. it it's it, still still running a 
lever gun? Yes, yeah. That? Both. I, I've got. I think I've got four of them. I, I've got backups to backups, and um, I've got a redundancy. Light, I like it. Oh yeah, I, I've got same thing with dog collars and handhelds. I got backups to backups because you just never know. And you know, I've got some rigged up for you know with a red dot on it and lights, and got some just straight iron sights. But my eyes are terrible. Enough as it is, especially at night. Hey, that little red dot, man, it is nice. It's easy. I've shot a, I think I killed one at, uh, or dispatched one rather. I think it was like right at 100 yards. And I was shooting, at that time, I was shooting some 44 specials. Um, I did not care for that load at all. Uh, it's 44 Magnum or nothing. Um, but anyway, I, I was able to shoot at 100 yards. The 357, it's great. I, that's probably one of my favorites because it shoots nice and flat to 100. You don't have to make a bunch of adjustments. The 44 Magnum has got a little, it's got a little uh, drop to it, if you will. But man, if you hit them with it, right? You said you've messed with the specials in the 44. Yeah. Have you done any 38 special in the 357? So I've done, I've done some 38 specials. I, I was actually, I shot some hogs with it. It just, they don't really carry the. It doesn't pack as much punch to me. I, the 357 is so fast compared to even the 44 Magnum. I feel like that it just, man, when it hits, it's over with. And I, I had one. Uh, There's a, a a ranch up here, not too far north of uh, of where I live, and I got called to go in there for a leg shot deer. And man, when you when you go in there and you're looking for a, a deer that's you know 200 inches or better. And and you know that there's multiples of those deer in this inside of this place, you know. And you, I, at this point, my dog was still she's still pretty young, and we got this deer bayed, and it broke, and it was it was coming because they jumped it, you know. Like we were walking in behind the dogs, they jumped it, and it made a big circle back behind us. And when he broke, he came running straight to us. And I remember I was like, "Is that the deer?" And uh, you know, the guy that that owns the place there was, or runs it, he was with me, and he was like, "He's looking at it as it's running to us." And he's like, "Yeah, that's it." And I said, "Okay." I shot. I think I shot twice as it's running by us, and I ended up hitting him right in the neck. And that was it. He, he went on probably another forty yards or so and killed over. And he was like, "I can't believe you hit that thing." I was like, "Oh, so that's exactly where I was aiming." <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, man, that that round it really does it does great. And I haven't had a pass through yet. I actually killed uh, I killed my buck that I shot while I was actually hunting last deer season with that very same gun, very same round, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it didn't pass through, which was bad because yeah. <laughs> i was actually hunting that's the first time in my life i ever had to use dogs for my own personal use right uh but i was happy all right now what can people expect when when they call you so the, the first thing they they need to realize is yes the dogs are good the dogs are trained we, we put a lot of time into this. I put a lot, a lot of time into conditioning before season gets going to make sure the dogs are legged up so that, uh, you know, these long races, we, we can get it done. Not that I've got an out-of-shape dog, but these dogs are not magicians. I get a lot of, <clears throat> I get a lot of people that, that won't call uh, out of pride. Uh, believe me, I get so many calls in a year. Pride should be the last thing you need to worry about. Secondly, they're, you know, they're worried about spending money and me not finding the deer. Well, at the end of the day, uh, 
this all started for me because I had a good dog and word spread and it was just word of mouth. And, and that's how it happened. Everything was based off of, uh, you know, referrals or, or reputation, if you will. I am not, if I, if I took every single call that people called me about going to trail a deer, my reputation would be ruined because a lot, if you're honest with me and you tell me exactly what happened, be as descriptive as possible, take as many pictures of the sign that you have. Videos are absolutely always uh, a plus. Yes, absolutely. If you're doing all of this and you're being honest with me and you're being honest with yourself, I can probably tell you whether or not this is worth the time and effort for me to come out there and the, and the money spent. I mean, if, if you call me, Hey, I, even at my deer lease where I, I, that's like my house during deer season. So these guys that I hunt with every day of deer season, they get to see and hear all the stories that I have, and I'm <clears> sure they're tired of hearing them. And I, we have talked and covered this back whack stuff uh, so many different times. I, one of the guys last year that I hunt with, he was like, man, I need you. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm here. So what do we got? He tells me, he said, man, I shot this deer. It hit the ground. He said, like five to 10 minutes later, he said, this damn thing just gets up and leaves. And I'm like, dude, you, how many times have I told you this? I was like, We're, we can't catch that deer. I said, since I'm literally on the same club, it's like a two minute ride. I was like, maybe we get lucky. We went in like 600 yards. He was bedded up. He got up and just fled the country. And he was still certain that we were going to get this deer or that he was going to die. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you. And sure enough, you know, he's back on camera a couple of weeks later. And he's like, I just can't believe. I give him a hard time because he's he's shooting the uh, 6.5 need more. And, <laughs> you know, I... Uh, well, we won't we won't get into that one too much, but but anyway, <clears throat> I think it's more the people who shoot the gun than the gun per se, because everybody buys a six five cream more think they can shoot a mile with it, and they try to stand on a fence post on one leg while free handing it. Oh yeah, and a forty mile an hour crosswind I, I, and I, lob one. I've got a couple of different theories on it. I've seen some massive <laughs> wound channels they create, and I've seen some that pin hold, and I've seen some that pin hold with the correct ammunition, like the one, the ELDXs that everybody talks about. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways I can say is no different than whenever the 243 really became widely popular years ago. There's a lot of people using that gun. Same thing with the 6.5 Creedmoor. There's a whole bunch of new people out there. That's right. Uh, it's a new the sample size is so much larger. Exactly. Right. Cause there's more people shoot that than anything else. So naturally you're going to have more bad stories with that yes. round than you are anything else, because there's more people. It's just the law of averages. Yes. But at the same time, <clears throat> right, I've, like, seen, uh, I've seen some of the stuff that they do and it's just like, man, it's, I, I feel like it's got something to do with the profile of that projectile. People listen too much to, to, to ammunition manufacturers and things. They, the, the, the got a lot of hype because it was a soft recoil and it mm. is a, a decently ballistic coefficient. You know, it's got a decent BC. Yeah. 
you know, it's got decent performance. It, it does shoot relatively flat. People think it shoots flat. It's there's no bullet shoots flat. No, that, All of them are in a huge arc. You know, just depending on what yardage you're at as to how huge that arc is. But the ballistics know, is not much different than my two seven. It's not. No, no. <laughs> so, well, it's right. actually it's it's but, a uh, lot less in the energy and in velocity department. It was it was designed for a precision round. Now, for the I, precision shooters, yeah, I, and it's a great round for that, right? And I, it just took off in the in the hunting world. I'm going to be honest; I I really don't like it for a hunting round. Go sh- shoot a 308. So I used to, I used to actually, I used to actually have one, and I've shot uh, 12 deer and a red stag with it, and I I actually found all but one, and I made a bad shot on one high like you said high shoulder shot just clean plaster no idols no nothing that was my fault i rushed a shot got excited uh shot a spike first deer i seen on my deer lease i'd been hunting hard and you know i just jumped the gun I, mean, I was i was sitting on my ass on this pipeline right away and this spike comes out at 90 yards 100 yards and i could have given him the opportunity to get broadside and i just jumped i was so excited i seen it's my first deer on my first deer lease i'm like oh i'm about to smash this dude and i didn't smash him but you know you live and you learn <laughs> yeah I've shot a bunch of animals with it since. I don't shoot it anymore. I don't own it anymore. Sold it. I now shoot a three hundred eight and a three hundred. But I like anything thirty caliber. Anything thirty caliber is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we touched on this one on our on uh, episode two. You know, anything to me, anything in the two seventy and up range. I mean, two seventy Winchester probably kill more deer than oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can shake a stick. Yeah, I mean, it's just and, and you, you go to the seven mag, and I mean, those are more than more than capable. And anything, like you say, anything thirty caliber, three hundred eight. That little gun's probably been one of my favorites that I've shot. I picked it up from a buddy of mine, and I always liked it. Uh, it was short and lightweight. Yep, easy to get around. Threaded barrel. I run my suppressor on it, you know, and it's just a it's a real convenient little gun. It shoots pretty good, you know. It's just it's a fun little gun to shoot, and it and it hits. Yep. You know, that's the best. Is it? It. My wife can shoot it. Recoil is minimal with a suppressor. It's almost non-existent. And I don't worry, you know, because I know that she's shooting, you know, I shoot 150 grain bullets out of it, you know, uh, soft points out of it right now. But I got some 168 grain Hornadies, you know, uh, that I want. I'm probably going to cite it in for this year and let her shoot that. But, you know, it's just uh, you you got some margin for error there that you don't have with some other rounds. I've always been, let's let's don't try to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I could go on and on and on about calibers uh, and what I've seen work and, and not work. Uh, obviously, the lighter rounds, they're not nearly as effective. I, I feel like the heavier weight bullets, I like a thirty caliber. And a lot of this stuff has to do with, um, <coughs> obviously, it's always, always, always going to be shot placement. That's first and foremost. And then it's got to do with the boat, the, the actual bullet coefficiency and the range that the animal is at when you're shooting this thing. So if you got something that's just blazing fast. At 100 I mean, yards, it's going to blow right through it. It's exactly. not going to expand. It's not going to do the damage that it's designed to do. Yes. Uh, the one thing I will say I, I absolutely do not like is uh, these ballistic tip bullets. They, I've seen them more times than not. I've seen them frag. I had an instance last year, same thing, uh, bullet, you know, he had a deer, bullet frag, actually knocked the deer down that was standing right next to it. I actually tracked that deer, and it was it was hit something superficial in the neck, brisket area, just bled a lot, but it clotted up, and we weren't able to get to it, so it was fine. But but as far as back to, you know, expectations, if, if I took every call that people called me, 
my, my reputation would be ruined. People would be like, oh, it's trash dogs. Well, the, the end of the day is, is not, not every shot is recoverable. Uh, as much as, as much as we like to believe our dogs can do it, it's just, it's just not physically possible. I just, like I said, a good friend of mine, he's got one of an, I mean, absolutely great dog, uh, Justin Dixon. He's, uh, out of Ensenal. He's got a dog named Ranger and that, that guy is exceptional. And there's still deer that they don't find, you know? So what would you say, given the information, if you show up on a track, what do you think, you know, if they give you truthful information, okay, you have pictures of arrow or pictures of blood or everything that you need to go off of. And you say, okay, yeah, I'm pretty confident that we're going to find that deer. What would you say your percentage is? 75, 60? <laughs> this is, this comes into that. Like we talked about earlier, I am terrible, terrible at note taking. Uh, this year, uh, I, I think I've found four deer this year so far, which is not really, you know, there's other guys probably already found 15 of them by now. Um, there's, I've only, there's only one deer that I have not found so far this year. And it was, in my best opinion, the deer was just hit way too high. It was a bow. There was like relatively no blood whatsoever. I mean, there just wasn't much to go off of. The dogs took it, uh, I don't know, the dogs took it somewhere over 600-something yards, and there's just absolutely nothing to go off of. It had gotten up to the point in time and day. It was hot, direct sunlight everywhere, and basically we, the, the hunter called it. He was like, look, it's just not worth it at this point, I don't think. And, I, and I, I, I'm right there with him. I didn't think this deer was hurt at all. But, um, you know, if, if people call me and, and they're honest about it, I can, and that's typically what I like to do because you, you literally, especially with a gun, if a deer is hit with a gun, especially a big caliber or something that what I call gets meat on both ends, you're shooting a 300 wind mag or seven mag or something like that. Uh, your, your chances are, are greatly improving, but, um, I'm going to give you my best probability, my, my best guess at, at a probability of, of recovering your animal. And then I'll, I'll leave it up to you if you think it's worth it for me to come out. Um, <clears throat> I can tell you this. I've never had a, com a hunter complain about the, the very little amount of money they pay me once I do recover their deer, especially the ones that, you know, we've, <laughs> we've went in there two miles to, to save their, their, their trophy deer, you know, or their kid's first buck or, or whatever the case is. Right. Hey, you know, I've always got some young dogs that, that I'm trying to work and, uh, you know, they, they might not want to pay a full price for me to come out to find a doe or something. Hey, call me. I've got some young dogs that can use some work that I'm not going to put on a, on a public call most of the time where I'm charging money because it's, that's not the way it should be. It should be only if somebody's calling and paying, they right. need, they're bringing the best. Yeah. You're right. bringing the best you got. Bring, bring the 18. Yeah. Um, but you got to you got to keep the 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 A minus team in reserve. Hey, and that's you, the best way to do it. Constantly, is to to, constantly right. got to keep dogs coming up. It takes too long to make a finished dog, and you just never know what's going to happen. You know, that's some guy can have a heart attack tomorrow and, and kill over dead, and I'd be in a bind. There's a lot of guys out there that are one good dog away from being back to square one and right let me tell right. you, so uh, build up the roster. Yes, and, it's, uh, it's not easy. Have a good rotation. Uh, you know, I when I lost Stump, uh, I may as well have lost a family member, man. It, it it really it. I've never been attached to a hunting dog like that, and I was tore up. My wife, she knew it. 
And she also knew what was fixing to happen. And we have had a passel of dogs come through that house since then, you know, trying to find the right fit dogs that work the way I want them to and so on and so forth. Um, but when you call me, <clears throat> and this is how I've already had it a few different times. I've had some people leave some gut shot deer out in the woods, you know, a trophy deer or buck period. You know, these guys are spending thousands of dollars for membership fees and feed and stands and time and effort and so on and so forth. And then they don't want to pay a little small fee to have somebody come out with an experienced dog. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to get the neighbor's porch dog because it's free. And I'm like, great. Jeez. Hey, and Hey, you know what? You might get lucky and that works. And then when you don't, that's bad. Cause now I got to try it. You were going to want me to come in behind that. And what would have taken me just a few minutes to get done it's now going to take forever if we can even get it done. Right. Um, especially if it's a deer that you've bumped, he's still alive. There's no telling how far he's gone, so on and so forth. So the, the first and foremost thing is the most information you can give me, be honest. Because like I said, if, if, if the deer's gut shot and you're on a small piece of property, we can't go in there and, you know, Ricky rodeo this thing and try to catch a live deer on 40 acres. It's just not going to happen. If you're, if you're, if the deer is even close, you can might be on 6,000 acre lease, but if it's going towards the property line, get, you know, you need right now, you should already know who your neighbors are. You should have their phone numbers. Um, the best amount of, you know, information that you can gather to give me, I'm going to ask you all kinds of questions and I'm going to give you the best probability I can. And we're going to do the best work. I don't know why it's a pet peeve or it just, it kind of irritates me. Uh, the the amount of people that just expect this kind of work for free and they're just like, Oh, it's just a dog or gas is, you know, four $3 a gallon, three fifty. Yeah, I, I drive a diesel truck. Diesel $5. Yeah, exactly. You're going to call me out in the middle of the night. You're going to want me to drive an hour or two one way for somebody that I don't know, you know, Adam from Eve <laughs> to go fix your, your, your mistake. Right. Because all, because you, thought you could shoot yeah and and you want me to do that for free and i'm like man it, at this point it's going to cost me money to come do this right and then you want me to help you drag this big rascal out of here come on now <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh, i got i got friends and family now i'm some hey you can ask my cousin he called me and he was like hey he said i need you to come look for this deer i said well hold on so tell me what happened so I shot this deer. He dropped like a sack of rocks. I said, I already don't like where this is going. <laughs> he said, cracked open a fresh one. You know, I'm, I'm pumped. You know, I killed my buck. He said, I looked down there and he starts kicking around trying to get up on his front legs. He said, so I hit him again with a 308. He said, and then it gets dark. I said, okay. So he drives down there and he drives right by where this deer should have been. He was like, he's just gone. I said, let me guess. I said, you got blood for about a hundred yards or so. And it just goes to nothing. He's like, yeah. I said, you hit him too high, brother. I said, he's gone. I said, we can't catch that. He was like, man, he said, but I hit him twice with a 308. And I said, you know what? Fair enough. I said, you did hit him twice with a 308. I said, there's a chance you got something else. You know, I said, you're my cousin. It's still going to cost you. <laughs> I was like, I'm already, you know, this is late at night and I'm already, I'm already undressed. And, you know, it, i got to drive an hour and a half to you now. And he's like, I don't care. I'm coming. Uh, I, so I drive up there. And this is when I had my old dog. I, no matter what, when I go somewhere, 
even now, when I even when I had stump, I put that dog on the ground, and within 15 minutes, I've got a pretty good idea of what's fixing to happen. If I'm going to catch this deer or not, that dog he 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 could damn near talk to me. It was like talking to another human. Like I hunted with him enough and been on enough. Like it was automatic. And if he ever came back to me, and he'd jump and put his hands up on my chest or something, you can load him in the truck. It's over with. And he's saying no, no moss. He did it. He went in there, stump went in about 250 yards. He come back and he's no moss. I told him right then. I was like, we're not finding this. He was like, are you kidding me? I said, I'm not kidding you. Now, this is my own cousin. So a couple of weeks later, he's or a couple of days later, whatever it was, he's riding around and he's seeing some buzzards. He's like, God dang, he said, that's some guy's no count dog. He goes in there, he finds nothing. And a few weeks later, he gets a picture of this deer on camera. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. He sends me a picture of him, I think, in the spring. Or not spring, it's in the summertime. Where he'd already grown you know, his antlers back, and they're still in velvet. And he's got this big, nasty scar. It's all healed up right in the top of the back. Same, I mean, this is every, it's automatic. There you go. A few more months, you can kill him again. Yeah. Before we, uh, before we break, I want, we're going to get your contact information and everything at the end of this, but I'm going to tell my little tracking story. I got, I got my, my 100% success, right? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on my high horse looking down on you, you know, the rest of you blood trackers, that, you know, <laughs> don't find some of your deer because I found everyone I've ever looked for, but I had this dog and, uh, I hadn't really had him for very long when I got him. He was older. The owner had passed away with cancer. The dog was a little bit too much for his wife to handle. I got him. He was a Deutschrad Harvard. Where a German wire hair pointer is what that translates to. They're not the same as a German wire hair pointer. They're different. I don't want any Deutschrad people to listen and try to come burn my house down or something. But <laughs> they, uh, these dogs are real versatile. They do it all. They'll point. They'll retrieve. They'll blood track. You know. I, I make fun of them. I tell them they don't do any of them really good, but they do all of them good enough to get by, you know? <laughs> uh, but I had him and my, and a buddy of mine called me and he said, Hey man, this is, it was nine o'clock on a Sunday evening. He said, uh, you want to bring your dog out to come try to find a deer? And I said, no, no, I don't. I said, first and foremost, I have no idea how to handle this dog on the blood track. I said, B it's nine o'clock on the Sunday and I got to be at work in the morning. So, no, I really don't. And he said, man, he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, I wouldn't be calling you if it wasn't a monster. He said, this deer is huge. And uh, it was for another friend of ours. I didn't know him real well. Yeah, it was one of my buddy's really good friends. I, I knew him, but I didn't know him real well at the time, you know. And I said, well, I said, how big is he? And he said, he's huge, like huge. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I guess I'll bring him, you know, hell. I mean, we'll, we'll give it a bear, you know, we'll give it a fair shake. I got him and I had a Jaeger lead for him and everything. And I said, you know, I'll just strap him to me and I'll keep him on the lead and work him like that. Best I, you know, best I know how I knew a little bit, but not a whole lot. You know, I didn't know the dog well enough to trust him. That's one thing I'll tell anybody. If you got a dog that's truly knows how to track, I'm not talking about the little cockamamie ass when to track. If it's a tracking dog, you trust that dog because if you were as good as he is, you wouldn't need the dog. Mm -hmm. So I, I say that to say this, we went in on the track that it was bow season. His, him and his dad had, piece of property in town i'm not gonna say where it was even though it's all subdivided and apartments now but you know for the sake of the story everybody who knows where it was already knows everything about the deer it doesn't matter so uh we went in on this deer and i had seen no pictures of him no nothing didn't know anything about the property didn't know anything about the deer so we were sitting there and you know he was kind of explaining to me what had happened and he's like man i felt like i made a good shot he's like 
I might have been just a hair back, you know, and I'm thinking liver shot, you know, which liver's good. Blood, liver blood is good, but liver shot deer can travel. That's such a slim area to hit. It's, you know, and, and I didn't know at the time, you know, I didn't bow hunt at the time. Had I seen this deer, I'd have, I'd have had a stroke. I'd have fell out. If I'd have seen this deer, had the opportunity to kill this deer, I'd have fell out. If I'd have had the opportunity to kill this deer in my backyard, I don't know what would have happened. I'd have died. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't know this at the time. I didn't see no pictures and no nothing. You know, we just went on. He's like, look, man, I got blood to here. He crossed one of our drainage ditches. Uh, and he'd went, you know, onto the neighbor's property. He talked to the neighbor. He had permission to go, you know, yada, yada, yada. We're good to go. So I said, okay, let's go, you know take trip we get on the blood we find it and he's horsing me through this thicket i mean it's thick this shit is trash briars you know short tallow trees you know every shit bush on earth grows in tallow trees you know and he's oh man i mean he is dragging me and i'm talking about dragging me through this shit and i'm like i'm getting gas you know i'm fat and out of shape and this old dog is wearing my ass out, you know, we would lose the track sometimes and then he'd circle back and he'd backtrack and then we'd pick it back up and then, and then we'd find a little blood, you know, and then we may go 60, 70 yards, wouldn't find nothing. And then all of a sudden he'd stumble upon a little bit more blood, you know? So I'm like, we're making headway. Mm-hmm. It's hot, you know? And I'm like, gosh, damn, man. I'm, not, I'm like, man, I, don't, I, don't, I ain't got no faith in him. I don't know the dog. You know, I, I hadn't had him for maybe two months, three months. And I was like, I just don't have no faith in this. You know, I'm, we're looking for blood. Finally, we find this big pool of blood. And I tell my buddies, I said, look, I said, this is what we're going to do. So we've been tracking this deer for, you know, hour and a half. Hour or something like that. I said, I'm going to take him off the lead. I said, I'm going to put him on this, this pile of blood right here. I said, we're going to let him go. If he finds a deer, he finds a deer. If he don't, the buzzards will find the deer. And then that's it. We're done. Yeah. You know, this is our last ditch effort right here. It's you know, 1030, it's hot, tired, I'm cut up, you know, I'm like, this, this shit's for the birds. So we're going to make a move right here or or we're not making one. So we're like, all right, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. All right. So I let trip go. <clears throat> he busts off. I see him on this trail and I see him, you know, as we're following him and he's, he's, he's kind of running himself out of gas now. So he slowed way down. He ain't doing all that running now. He's really tracking now, you know, mm-hmm. he's nose down. He's getting it now. And I see him dip through these little chinaberry trees, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. Like, wounded deer is going to take past the least resistance. So you think. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, like, you dumb motherfucker. That deer didn't go there, you know. I said, he, there's a trail right by it, you know, going the kind of catty corner this way. I said, man, he went that way. He didn't go that way, dumbass dog, you know. I go through there trying to find him, and I smell it. And I'm like, I said, I said, damn, I smell that deer. I come around those trees. I looked down, my dog's laying with his paws crossed right next to that son of a gun. And buddy, when I tell you, I think we, t- I'm trying to remember when we taped that deer. I can't remember if it was 177 or 172. He grossed 177 or 172 and some change. Hands down, is, I'll say he's the largest deer ever taken in Jefferson County. He's absolutely the largest archery whitetail. I know there's nobody that's killed a deer bigger than that. That's a, not in Jefferson County. He that's a was big deer. a monster. One of his brows was 11 and a half. I think the other one was nine and a half. His G2 were like 13, 14 inches. I mean, he was just a absolute tank. I told Chris, I said, brother, when you called me, I didn't know the deer was that big. <laughs> I ain't never seen a deer that big. 
your definition of like, big. Yeah, your mine. definition of just big and my definition of big. Like I'm thinking like deer like that. Like that's big. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll come look for him. <laughs> and then you get a deer that puts that one to shame. Yeah. I'm like, holy Santa Claus shit. Like you was you you should have emphasized big. Somebody kept that quiet. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That was good reason he kept it quiet too, partner. Because I'm telling you right now, everybody would have been looking for him. And he said there was one bigger. I don't know that there was, but he said there was one bigger than him. I know I had one. I tried to keep quiet as long as I could. Uh, at that time, it got killed that season. I think the deer scored like 158, 159. Uh, we've got a member on our lease that's been there like 50 years, and that, that was the biggest deer they'd ever killed on that place. And I thought, man, this thing. I had him every evening for like a month and a half. I had to go buy my wife a crossbow. I had to send my <laughs> brother-in-law out there to br- you know, brush in a blind because it's on her stand. Right. Granted, I did all the work. But, hey, it's her stand. She, she was out to get him. Never could get it done. And uh, – uh, one of the other guys ended up killing it. Like, I bet the way a crow flies 300 yards from our main camp. <laughs> he, had, he had no idea that deer even existed. When he shot it, he said, I didn't know what it was. I just, he had shit sticking up everywhere. You know, he had a big, big split main beam. He had a six inch drop time coming off his base that hanged down over his eye. He had like four and three quarter inch uh, bases. I think it was like 16 scoreable points. Something he was massive. Then we turn right around the very next year and we kill something like, uh, I think it's like a 172. Mm. Oh, that deer was, oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. But, yeah, I, I could go on and on and on about all the fun stories, this, that, and the other. And I remember uh, my my cousin had called me and I, I went to their place and looked for a deer. And they did, they did just like everybody else does. They started asking questions and, you know, they're wanting to know <clears throat> You know, some of the things I get to see and, you know, what should we look for, blah, blah, blah. And this was back, you know, when I had my 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 favorite dog, Stump. And I was like, I said, hey, if you gut shot, gut shot a deer, if y'all play that right, I said, I'll find every single one of them. I said, he don't miss. I said, that's just automatic. I said, those are dead deer. I said, they're easy to find. You know, I was like, we're going to get them. I don't know that it was two days later. My cousin called me. He's a lease president over there. And he was like, hey. He was like, I got one for you to come look for. And I was like, okay. So what you got? And he says, gut shot. I said, okay. So how do you know it's gut shot? And he was like, that's where she was aiming. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, yeah. He said some arrogant asshole was up here a few days ago with a dog and said that he could find every gut shot deer they had. And I was like, are you? I said, are you serious? He was like, I'm dead serious. I was like, oh, my God. I said, this for sure gut shot. He was like, oh, it's gut shot. I said, okay. I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> this is like, I was right around Thanksgiving. This this lady, she is sitting in this stand, and everybody's hunting this deer. And I, I think he came out to be like, I don't know, like 137 inches, which is a nice deer. It's a very big deer, uh, especially for those areas. And uh, her husband uh he had gotten sick that day and was at the uh, at the hospital. He was running like a real high fever, had like the flu or something. And anyway, she's sitting in this stand, and this deer comes out, and she sees it's him. You know, she's like, "Oh my god!" She goes to getting her gun out, and by the time she gets a gun out the window, the only thing sticking out of the woods is his guts and his hand. She just poked him, boom, right in the gut. She said, "I know a guy." Yeah, uh, didn't even go down there. Called her husband, was like, "Hey." You remember the guy with the dog? I need you to get a check ready and call him to come find my deer. And he's like, what the hell? 
He was like, I mean, did you even go look for it? She was like, no, I shot it in the gut. And he was like, are you kidding? He was like, you know, this isn't cheap, right? She's like, I don't care to him to get over here. So, uh, I never forget. I had my, uh, my brother-in-law was at the house with me. He's like, Hey, I want to go. So I right, come on, let's go. So we drive up there and they bring us down to the spot. Sure enough, it was, it was definitely gut shot. There was, he wasn't bleeding other than where she shot him at. He was, he was done. So <clears throat> took the dogs in. I said, y'all just stay put. I said, if I get in there and find him, I'll, I'll let you know. And it was going downhill through a, I don't know, maybe a four year old cut over or something. We get in, uh, I, it, it didn't go 400 and 400 something yards and he, we found him dead. And when I came up on him, I was like, Ooh, man, I was like, he's got some nice stuff. Got a picture. My brother-in-law took the picture and I texted to him. And the next thing you hear is just hollering, you know, <laughs> screaming. They're 400 something yards away. I can hear them over there. I'm having to drop them a pin to come find them. They were, they were amped up. Her husband, not so much, but uh, she was definitely very happy. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Hey, we're about to wrap it up. Uh, drop beer. All right, Jeff. Well, <laughs> we're finishing it up now. So why don't you give the people some information on how to get in contact with you if they need to, if they need some red line tracking service? Yeah. So, uh, I try to do as, as I try to do as much as I can on social media. I, I've got to get better at taking some pictures and videos because most of the time I'm just, I'll, I'll take a picture of a deer on the ground or something. It's not very, you know, doesn't look great. That's right. I'm like, I, I need to take some. You got to fluff it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, got to get the appeal. Hey, you know, a lot of people, they they take it as you're bragging, you're posting the stuff online, and, and, and in a way you are, but in this day and age. that That's the way to, to boost business. If you're, you're foolish if you don't take advantage of social media. Oh, absolutely. From a guidance standpoint, like I tell people all the time, yeah, y'all make fun of us because we take pictures. You live and die by the sword. It, it, exactly, and if, and you're 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 stupid. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go out and say you're stupid if you don't take advantage of free advertising. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just dumb. I mean, I just started this page, uh, you know, just because, like I said, I you know, forever and a day, I was just putting on some stuff on my personal page, and I'm like, I know there's a bunch of people on here that don't care to see this or whatever, and then you start getting a bunch of random people for in request of, you know, other than deer season, we probably don't have much, you know, in, in, in contact or anything. And so they probably don't want to see pictures of my kids and things of that nature. So I started a, a just a separate page, just red line tracking. And I try to put all of my, my deer tracking stuff, all my pictures and information. I try to put it on there. We've been trying to, I've been trying to kind of boost that up a little bit, get some followers going. I mean, and, it didn't take very long. Same. You know, I got like, Same. I, I don't know. I maybe have like 500 viewers or followers or whatever. And I'm like, if I can just get this up, if I can get those numbers bumped up where I don't have to advertise as much, right? Uh, that would be, that would be great because then I don't have to spend as much time taking pictures and worrying about posting and, sure. you know, Hey, I'm not discriminative neither. I, I went and found a, a four point last night in, in Louisiana. You know, I, I don't care how big your deer or how small your deer is, but you can get on Facebook. It's just, it's red line tracking. Uh, I, I don't, I have an Instagram account, but I, I never post on it. I probably should. Um, you can, uh, you can tie them together. Yeah. Yeah. So I started where when you post on one, it posts on the other. Yeah. And I need, I need to start doing that. So I, 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 I seen that option not long ago. I'm, I'm not very tech savvy, if you will. I, my wife still, she hates the fact that she got me my first smartphone because 
now that's all I do. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Uh, I had to figure all of it, all of that out for for the podcast page. Yeah, this this would be definitely well beyond my work. Uh, <laughs> uh, the chargers and stuff. Hey, I got that. I got that lined out. I got Garmin collars and handhelds charging at all times and all kinds of places. But you can look me up. I, you know, I've had some people message me on Facebook Messenger, especially through the the, the Redline tracking page. And I don't always see it, especially if it's coming from people that I'm not actually you know, a- yeah. actively friends with. Right. It doesn't pop up. I've got my phone number on there. You know, it's 409-988-5617. That is the easiest way to get a hold of me. The 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 problem that I have during deer season, you, you got to be patient, please. Because if you're, if you're calling or texting me, it's best it's text. You know, I'm either in a deer stand or I'm out actively looking for somebody else's deer. And I, I don't always have great service where, right. you know, depending on where I'm at. So just give me some time. I'll, I'll text you. and You know, if I'm in the middle of doing something, I'll text you and say, hey, can I call you back here and just shortly, you know, drop me some information on what you got. And I'll look at it as, as I get the time. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, during deer season, especially these first two or three weeks of, of rifle season, it gets to the point that we have to start turning calls away because, you know, the, the high back shots, like, and I have, I got three other gut shot deer I need to go look for. Right? And those are high probabilities. It's not that your deer is not worth, you know, or worth right. less than theirs, but the chances of me actually getting yours is very low. Right. So I'm definitely don't want to take your money and, and go look for a ghost. So the biggest thing is, is if you think that you're going to need a dog, if, if, at any point you're trailing, you're like, man, I think we might be in a bind. Just get to in, me, yeah. get to me as fast as you can, and 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 get in line because them first few weeks of season, man, it's it's nuts. We're 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 going and going and going, and then when it when it slows down, I'm gonna try to find something I can go chase somewhere. <laughs> Maybe that's a time that I get to go hunt. Right there, you um, go. So I, I think I might actually try to do some bird hunting this year. There I, you go. Not a not a big shot gunner. Give me a call. Give me a call. We'll make it happen. <laughs> there you go. I ain't gonna say we're shooting birds. You we'll know go, a guy. I know a guy. We'll go give it a. Uh, we'll go give it the old call yeah, a try. Yeah. I used to hunt with a guy. I think y'all know too. That Taylor. He yeah. he is just about giving up the deer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Between <laughs> the between the wade fishing and the bird chasing, you can't, oh, yeah. you can't order to get him in a. That's the luscious mullet. For That's me. it. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, man, we sure appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming Thank out. Thank y'all. Thank y'all.